Hello and welcome to season three of the Lively podcast. I'm Charlotte Johnson, the founder of Live Consultancy. Um, We're an agency that makes uh, beautiful human moments and connections. Um, Our focus is on everything of how to convert online. Um, And I'm super excited to kick off um, episode one of our latest season with um, two of my uh, teammates, James and Jess. Um, And we're going to give you at least six ways that you can convert more business online. It's something that we're all thinking about as marketers. Um, and we're going to really focus on the six main outcomes of a funnel and what are the results that you also need to report on in between that. So thanks for listening. Uh, please do subscribe and like so that you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. I hope you enjoy. This season is really focused on about online conversion generally, because let's face it, that is where all marketeers are thinking about. Um, And I think more so than ever, marketeers are just really focused on what it takes to convert more online. Everyone will have some conversions. There will always be something, there'll be so many different, there's so many different activities online. It's just, what can you do to help improve more? And what I aim with this episode um, is that you can get at least six ways that you can improve. So I'm hoping that that is what all of our listeners take away from this episode. Um, and to kick us off the season, I've got Jessica and James from Live with me today. So welcome, guys. Um, I'm excited to, to kick this one off. I think there's um, there's so many different like results that you can cover online and there's so many different things you can measure and we have that like, on a weekly basis looking at it for our clients um but our biggest thing here is always thinking about having this mindset of a funnel and thinking about everything you do will sit within those three areas right either the start the middle or the end of a funnel And even if you think like, oh, okay, well, that's actually more of a brand piece or that's more of a um, development piece. It it does sit somewhere. It's usually the middle. It's usually that that nurturing, um, it's that nurturing style. I think that is something that we cover um, a hell of a lot and and, and more so now. Um, But it's definitely a mindset shift that we have made um, as a team. Um, to think about everything so even when we are briefed uh, just you know a creative asset um, we're always thinking where is that going in a funnel rather than oh yeah that would be lovely and you know just just send it out into the into the ether um, but James and Jess like why do you guys think it's so important that we've kind of adopted this um, funnel mindset I think it's it's really important because you need to be thinking about all stages of that journey that people are going through and going down um, and actually how, as you said, all those assets and everything that we're de- delivering, how they work together and actually how they're driving those outcomes or results that we really want them to, what those important outcomes and results we want. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, it's been an exciting shift internally as well. Um, but suddenly every single thing we do for a client now has a position in a funnel and it's there for a reason and a purpose to help drive people through that funnel. And looking at every part of a business from this slightly different perspective, I think gives a much more targeted approach to all marketing we do. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes you can think that 
um, being so focused and having such a focused brief can actually limit creativity. But for me, I think it uh, almost does the polar opposite. And by having clarity of where each element will go, even if you're just thinking about an email, what is that email re-engaging and driving the start of the funnel? Is it nurturing in the middle of the funnel or is its aim to convert? Or even beyond that, is it about flipping your um, clients into advocates? It's not just an email, it's what four stages um, is it is it coming in? Um, I think that's kind of one of the main things that we want to cover today um, uh, to give lots of different examples of how you can convert more online. There's lots of results in digital marketing, an incredible amount. Some are vanity metrics, some are much stronger metrics. The things that we're going to focus on is the, the outcomes. And the way we define that is there's six main outcomes of a marketing funnel. Level one is the reach, how many people you're reaching. Level two is about engagement. How many people have you actually got to your website? And we'll touch on this more, but this is what, what Google Analytics deems as what you've got on your website, not what the platforms tell you are there because there'll be a huge discrepancy. Um, website engagement, are the people really focusing on the people that are there for more than 30 seconds? Data capture, so you're not losing them before the conversion. Five, the actual conversion itself. And six, advocacy. How do you turn your clients into advocates? So we'll focus on those six areas um, and try and summarize like two really good ways to, uh, uh, to improve them or, or what you should focus on right now. Because it's so easy to get caught up in the incredible amount of results that you can report on. But um, guys, let's just let's just start with reach. And obviously reach is, it can be quite refined. So previously um, with a, a funnel, especially a numbers game or a consumer led funnel, you're always thinking about adding more to the star or the top of that funnel and, and trying to grow that. But we are in a world now where, you know, I don't know many marketeers that haven't had their budgets cut or their teams cut or something. And we're having to be hyper-focused with less resource and less money. So actually the reach can be refined and really targeted. Um, so what do, what, how do you um, sort of advise marketers to get the, the best out of their reach and driving the right people into their funnel? I think you've uh, hit one of the nails on the head there really, Charlotte, which is getting the right people to a funnel because the reach can be a real vanity metric. It really can. Any, It'd be incredibly simple to say that we've reached 200,000 people on a site without being able to get the focus of them being the right 200,000 people. Uh, and I think having a lot of forethought about the demographic, your targeting, uh, hobbies, likes, interests, et cetera, at the very, very beginning is then going to help streamline the process as you get further down the channel. Mm. And obviously, as we say, it's more likely to obviously result in a positive click-through rate as well. I think another thing that we touched on there um, early when we were discussing was around the idea of the sort of shorter term reach, so those paid ads and actually that longer term reach as well. So the SEO or those marketing emails that perhaps involve a little bit more nurturing still is important at the top of the funnel, but making sure you've got that balance there as well between the two. Yeah, and the top of the funnel for me is usually driven by like email, SEO or ads. Social and organic social can drive it. And it can if you're doing a follower campaign or if that you've got new followers coming in, but it's generally quite a lot a lot um, smaller than what you think. Um, 
and most people when you really track it in a funnel social is is the middle of the funnel it's it's kind of nurturing and bringing them back in um and and let's just focus in on that short term so with uh looking at ppc and social ads what are a couple of ways that we can really help um listeners with improving their reach of the right people Um, well, a lot of this is uh, going to be doing, especially for, if I, from the PPC point of view, uh, with the constant management of your keyword list. So in there every single day, monitor the links that the, the uh, keywords that are working, daily add negative keywords for those that aren't, constantly tweaking and adjusting that list to help drive the correct users uh, and the correct keywords from showing. But it's also more than that. It's about making sure the right CTAs are shown in the adverts, constantly review them, make sure they're cycling correctly um, so that when you are getting in front of the right people, you are showing the right messages. And then also creating a full cradle to grave process with your PPC so that you're getting the lowest possible cost per click, cost per click that, you, uh, that you can get. Mm. And I think, as we said as well, when it comes to things like social is just really thinking about how you're targeting them based on their profiles or profiles as well. So thinking about interests, if it's a very much more of a B2B campaign, you've got the opportunity with things like LinkedIn as well, where you can actually be more targeted around experience or specific job roles, um, especially if it's in a campaign that's a bit more niche. So there's, um, there's quite a lot that you can be doing um, to really hone in on your audience. Yeah, I think it's one of those times where it's about quality at the top of your funnel uh, rather than quantity, because the biggest shift um, is uh, increasing your click through rate and driving the right people to your website. You know, just increasing and focusing on that click through rate right now, you know, on PPC you should be seeing well over 5% of those click through rates. Uh, social paid, we are a good 3 to 4%. Um, and, and there's lots of different ways that you can, um, can improve that. You've got the more technical side of actually um, optimizing and pausing and starting and stopping and doing lots of short, sharp bursts of paid to get a better um, cost per click. Um, but more so it's adding the creativity to those adverts and really starting to think about simple, hard hitting call to actions that are right at the front of the advert that are then followed through as soon as you then see them on the website. Um, I think also with ads, we still need to think about how in a very competitive and very convoluted online world, that what makes your ad thumb stopping for the right people um, and what you can give them, you know, what you can give them up front. So I think those are the main things you should always be thinking about when trying to improve um, click-through rates um, and it's probably I would say I would spend right now more energy on driving a higher click-through rate than I would a higher reach um, because the incremental gains later on in your funnel from having a higher click-through rate as adds so much value to when you're getting down to to conversion. Mm. And I think you touched on something there as well where you sort of like that sort of stopping that thumb scroll and actually what's going to make them want to do it now and I know it's something we've had a big discussions around is around hitting on people's pain points as well so actually 
what what are what's what are they feeling what are they going through now that means they yes they really do want to click through and look further and actually so bringing some of those pain points up on that creative as well can really help with that and then as you said with other messaging making sure you're continuing that through when people then go and land on page yeah for sure um obviously the next stage of those outcomes is around um not just website traffic but really focusing on people that stay there for more than 30 seconds what we find is like three or four more times likely to convert when you have someone staying on there for 30 seconds or more so you know there's that making sure that at the top of the funnel you've got the right people coming through not necessarily quantity more quality driving that higher click-through rate to get more people onto the site and then the next stage is what is it that's on your site on the landing pages that's going to get them to stay there um now, videos all know has a huge uh, impact on this. So having video on your landing pages will always help. But rightly so, um, as we were discussing uh, just a bit earlier today, um, is that is really based on demographic. Um, and it isn't always right for every single type of brand. I mean, I think it's worth, you know, just uh, considering that um, within your marketing teams. Also with, with this in particular, it's thinking about does your landing page or the first frame of your landing page relate to the advert that the, someone has seen? And this is where you actually need more multiple landing pages and multiple campaigns running rather than trying to get one website to do everything, which doesn't help with conversion. Mm, I think that's something we've really seen um, with the campaigns that we've been running as well, isn't it? It's keeping the call to actions really simple really clear, taking them on that step-by-step -step journey rather than trying to confront them with too much and too many options straight away. And also if you've had some <clears throat> clickbait up on those ads, making sure that that isn't then buried really far down on that page as well, making sure it's pretty upfront and center, as you said, you know, above that fold. So as much as the messaging, if there's something you were promising them in their ads, it's easy and it's accessible for them to get to. It kind of follows on from that reach process where if somebody has put in a keyword and searched uh, your ads come up, they've clicked that, it has the keyword in it, they are expecting to see that front and center on a page. So that's why make dedicated landing pages for those keywords so that the user is immediately thrown into an environment that they're familiar with because that's what they were looking from the very first place. Absolutely. Um, I think the next stage of those uh, those outcomes is around data capture. Um, and data capture, as we know, it's it's currency, right? That you have to give something um, of of great value to your to your prospects. Um, and as a brand, I think that's sometimes the difficulty is, is understanding or creating something that truly adds value um, in exchange for an email. Um, uh, and I think the brands that do this very well are the ones that are very generous. Um, with this for me they always sit in like three um, areas they either have to be education insight discount or how to um, and I suppose the key here with data capture is about timing not throwing the pop-up or the data capture way too early really starting to understand your prospects behavioral triggers um, creating behavioral triggers so that it's about the exit of a page um, and maybe further down the funnel than what you initially think. Yeah. 
And I think as well with it is um, touching what you're saying, you know, thinking about, yes, it's absolutely a value exchange. And in what you're giving, what are you asking from people as well? So if actually that data capture is um, because you want them to schedule a call with you, time is such a valuable commodity for people. So really thinking about what are you going to be giving them? What is that absolute value of them giving their time and making sure that's really clear and upfront in that messaging you've got? Um, because that is going to be a bigger consideration to hand over that data than perhaps if you were just going to ask them or offer them a report download or an ebook or something like that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also the mindset, uh, as you said there, Charlotte, about how long are they going to be on your site and not throwing the message up, up the wrong time. There are loads of great tools out there that offer simpler free solutions like Hotjar is one of the examples. The ability to be able to review a page, see how long people are on there, where they're scrolling to, where they're clicking, how long they're taking that time. And then you can manipulate that page to deliver a data capture at exactly right moment. Yeah, it's 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 really true. I think uh, it's also um, going back to the the start of the funnel in terms of understanding the pain point, and that will change based on your industry, human behaviour. Our pain points have changed massively over the last year. So the you know the what how we give data out and what we exchange it for um, is really important. I think in the last few months, some of the most successful funnels we've been working on. Um, actually have spin-off funnels just for this data capture. So it may be pre-recorded webinars. It may even just be an event sign up or watch the latest highlights of our event. Like content actually needs to be created purely just to, as you say, the currency um, to get that data. Um, so, you know, your content strategy and your data capture strategy, um, it, is, it is and should be standalone. Um, one thing that we will touch on as we go into like the conversion element of funnels is, is actually having to have, or you should have multiple pages within your funnel and don't try not to allow your prospects to leave too early just because you've got that email. So our data capture is super important. You'd, what you don't want is for your prospect to drop off too early because actually the disconnect between being on a page and then opening an email is huge. You're going to lose 80% and you're going to have to keep re-going at it to get them back engaged just from, from email. So the longer you can keep someone in your funnel or on your site or in these landing pages, um, the better. I think moving on to um, conversion then, um, conversion online sometimes uh, feels like a bit of a dirty word. Um, and it also feels like a bit of a, uh, it's something that only, uh, well, I'm not an e-commerce platform or, well, I'm not um, selling products online. Um, and, and for me, that, that really doesn't matter. Everyone can convert online. It's just defining what your conversion is, you know, um, and the level, you know, data capture, that's data capture conversion. Having someone on your site for more than 30 seconds, that's part of the conversion. You're getting them to the outcome or the next outcome. So it's just thinking about that. And is it about signing up to an event? Is it about attending something? Is it about um, booking a meeting? Is it actually just getting into a pre-recorded webinar? Um, and it's just setting that out as part of your um, as part of your online funnel. I mean, I just touched on it. I think one of the better ways 
of conversion is having multiple landing pages, not just one. An ad to a page to data capture is not a funnel. You need to start looking at 11 different, 11 plus different touch points depending on your um, price point. Higher price points, higher values, are, you're really looking at 18. Um, and really planning out those 18 touch points, drawing them out, and we use online tools to actually map out and visualize what that funnel is gonna look like. And um, mapping that out and then measuring it is the key to really driving that stronger um, uh, and more effective conversions. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And using the online tools that are there um, can really help make the process a lot cleaner. And one of the elements that we touched on earlier on, which was, um, about how users engage, you should read the engagement of the users that actually come to your website. So the likes of AdWords and Facebook will tell you they've sent X number of people to your site. However, in reality, as a marketer, you don't really care. What you care about is how many people have actually arrived at the website and how many people are engaging and where are they going. And using, like you say, the funnel tools that we can create, uh, give you the ability to map out and plan what that will be beforehand. And then using various tools like uh, UTM code generators, mean that you can track that entire journey all the way through and get a real true life picture of what marketing is driving people to those conversion points. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. I think um, also part of this is uh, thinking even if you're not an e-commerce platform or the likes of Amazon, really thinking about what um, you can guarantee in exchange for their time, thinking about what you can guarantee in exchange for their next click or their next engagement with the brand. Um, and even if it's not a product or something that you can buy, there'll always be some sort of trial or event or something that that you can go to. I think it's just about being creative within that and, um, and trying to measure it as much as possible. Um, so taking a step forward to the last part of the, the outcome, which is uh, advocacy. You've got clients, you've got people coming in, you've got a working funnel, leads are coming through, the conversions are happening. Um, turning clients into advocates, as those for me sits in like four areas. You've got the upgrade, the upsell, the referral and the recommendation. Um, and it's always thinking about why and when can your clients do that? Because it's quite often it'll be like, oh, the client's in, they'll be in an email automation or they'll be in an email flywheel. They probably get a newsletter and they're left there. Um, whereas actually there's a huge opportunity for your clients to, um, you know, pave the way and pass it on and drive, put more people back into the start of the funnel um, or even convert for you. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it's, you touched on it there and it's it's human nature if we like something we want to share it with people don't we because in our own way it sort of makes us look good um and so absolutely if we can capitalize on that and there is you know in terms of brand credibility to have that third party endorsement as well from that word of mouth referral can speak volumes in terms of then like you said helping to convert people onwards so you've got this sort of really hot pool of people that actually a lot of brands just are not tapping into at the end of the funnel to start doing some of that hard work for them in terms of filling back at the top again. Yeah, I think um, it's about sharing stories with your clients in multiple different ways. 
don't just assume because they're in they know everything you're doing um try and share stories seduce with stories because people tell stories um and that's the best way that people will then pass them on um also really thinking about behavioral triggers uh, so fine you may not have an online platform where it or, or an e-commerce site where it's very easy to see buying behavior and coming back on but you could have a really simple client login that gets people back engaged and understands their behavior i think one of the best examples i've seen of this right now is the uh, pret subscription model and i uh, signed up for that recently and if you think about it they've gone from not understanding anything about my buying behavior and how often I buy Pret coffees and what and where and how often I buy just Pret in general um, to now understanding everything. They're going to know where I am, what time I'm buying, how often I'm buying. Um, so their data of what I'm doing has just, well, has just started, but I've probably spoken to five or six other people since doing it about, oh, you know, this is amazing. You know how much you're going to, you know, how much you're going to save. So, um, it's such a powerful thing uh, that they're probably still making a hell of a lot of money on, but um, but works really well in terms of that advocacy and data capture. Um, yeah, it's such a good example. Awesome. So I, I'm hoping that there's quite a few uh, little snippets there that um, you can take out in terms of how you can um, convert more online. I think my biggest takeaway at the moment from just having this conversation is focusing on the click-through rate to your site and focusing on the people that stay there the longest is probably the most powerful part of your funnel right now. Um, I know that's where my mindset is for quite a few of our clients. Yeah, um, definitely. And I, and I think as well for me it is that it's that continuity as well. So, you know, from a messaging and creative point of view, what you're saying on those ads and then making sure you're really following through. Once you've done that hard work of getting people to your page, making sure that you're then making that page continue that journey in the right way and work as hard as it can do. Yeah, I agree. And I think my, my big takeaways is, yeah, we've got to, before the project even begin, understand what the conversion is going to be and all of the journey that people are going to take to get there and then make sure before the project even begins that tracking and conversion analytics are all in place so that the second the process starts you can immediately see where people are dropping off where people are coming from and i mean this is quite an obvious thing but being able to actually have those in place beforehand just gives you immediate control hope you guys have taken um, a few little snippets of how you can convert more online thank you to James and Jess and um, it's been a really great start to season three and can't wait to connect with you guys again through the rest of the season for um, marketers that are, are listening or catch any of the other series if there's any particular things at the moment that uh, you are struggling with or concerned about or the biggest challenges do um, message us online um, and connect with us and let us know um, and we'll try and cover those topics wherever we can. Thank you.